welcome to Tears of a Clown, episode three. I'm Liv. And this number is quite serendipitous because I am literally living out the saying third time's a charm tonight. I figured I'd record a quick episode for you all before I head out for dinner this evening. And you know what's comical about this is that I only plan to do this podcast once a month and now here I am doing it every week. And I feel incomplete in my Friday kind of ritual if I'm not recording the podcast. So I don't know what that says about me and how much I need this. But also, I'm really enjoying everyone's feedback and just overall thoughts they're giving me on the episode so far. So thanks in advance for the support. I would preface this by saying that we're just going to jump in today. But I think that's kind of a guarantee now with Tears of a Clown. So let's just do it. Today, I want to talk about micro-cheating and or behavior, etiquette, intention versus action, all of that stuff in the threshold of even if you're just talking to someone. So this is for my people in relationships and out of relationships. I also want to disclose here again, having been, you know, non-monogamous at one point in my life, This isn't specifically going to apply to non-monogamous couples. Every non-monogamous couple has their own kind of rule book and or lack thereof, right? I know some straight up like relationship anarchists that are like, no, there's nothing. Like I do me, you do you, we care about each other, that's it. But every every relationship really has their guidelines. So I don't want to say that this is, you know, I don't want to blanket the issue, but I think I'll specifically zone in a little bit more on monogamous relationships today and or talking periods, dating periods, whatever, which, you know, which one you want to call it. I prefer dating and clarify what I believe to be micro cheating how I think you can recover from these instances or not, and how to really broach the subject. So getting personal, I was once with the person that I think I was supposed to spend the rest of my life with. And I met this person when I was young and had just recently got out of a really severe trauma and really hadn't processed it like two weeks after I'm talking. So I was not ready for the level of love that I was about to experience with this person. Now, I would argue that they were not ready as well, but we found each other and we had a hell of a love story. I mean, like life changing. I'm 31 now and I still think back to this. This is, you know, a little under 10 years ago now, probably eight years ago. And I I think about it constantly. So what I do want to say is, I don't need to get into the details of our relationship, but I will tell you the day that our relationship ended. And it's when I caught him micro cheating on me. And it was difficult to get the support I needed at that time because everyone was kind of telling me I was overreacting. They're like, okay, but he didn't actually cheat. So why are you freaking out? And I think this is where it comes down to definition. So for me, this person had made a secret social media account and had attempted to try and add someone they were talking to before me. They also kept videos and pictures of prior sexual exploits on their phone. And that was just really painful for me to discover, which was on accident, I want to clarify. And this was compacted. So there was these two instances. And then shortly thereafter, them commenting on one of my friend's bodies in a group text that I was not supposed to see again. And 
the relationship did never fully recovered after that. Now, did he cheat on me? Did he go, you know, sleep with someone else? Did he have an emotional affair? No. But my gut told me that his intentions were in the wrong place. And I think that's really where you have to trust micro cheating because sometimes we will project on other people our own insecurities and fears. So for instance, sometimes you're on social media and you just like a post. You're like, dude, that person has great hair or great tattoos or I really like that shirt or whatever. And it's just that. Like there are times where you're just like, oh wow, nice, okay? And you keep going, right? It's very difficult for someone to be able to tell you what your intentions were in that moment. So if you have a partner confront you and say, hey, you know, why'd you like this person's photo? And it's like, oh shit, I just like the photo. Like, I'm sorry, babe. It's difficult to discern how honest someone is being in that in that very circumstance. Number one, because it's embarrassing for the person who's done it, right? And I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the other person's shoes here. And or it doesn't matter how close you are to someone, humans are, are very unpredictable. And one thing I always say about love is, you know, one day someone can just pick up and choose to do something different when they're with you. They're not bound to the love that they have for you. And for some of us, that's unfortunate for the unconditional folks, but it's a reality. So how do you make a boundary and a compromise here without feeling like a fool or also feeling controlling and or constricting. Because I know for me, a fear that I've had in the past is if I set these guidelines, a lot of the times that just means this person is going to act out. And for me, I have a history of that. I had, you know, I love my parents so much. Again, I mentioned they're immigrants. I had very strict immigrant religious parents. So I remember my entire life when it was assumed that I would be doing something bad or I was told I couldn't do something. It was almost like, fuck it. If you're going to think that and say that, then why the hell not? And I know that's a more juvenile approach, but I do think that if you're going to put someone in the situation where it's like, well, I already don't trust you in this, it's kind of difficult to recover from that. So it's hard because there's going to be things that make you uncomfortable that you do not want the person you're involved with to do. And you should be able to express those things, but you also don't want your intention to come off wrong. So I think it all comes down to intention here. Now, for me personally, I know when I've been involved with someone or just, you know, started dating them, talking to them, and I see them liking people's posts that from the eye, like the greater naked eye is a stranger, right? Or someone hot on the internet. I don't like that. I find that to be really off-putting uh, and uncomfortable. I think that's single behavior personally. And it's especially worse when it's like a famous person. I just don't, I, again, this is, this is totally me, personal preference. I do not like fanboy behavior. So I'm like, oh, don't do that, you know? But I'm also not comfortable telling someone, hey, I don't want you following and or engaging with these people online. I feel like it's, it's difficult to say, but I kind of just trusting that if I'm with someone, the right person, they're going to be like, oh, I'm not, this is like, cool. This was, this was my single life. And I don't do that anymore. Now I got my, like, I've got my girl I'm happy. You know, I'm, I'm content in my relationship. I'm not searching because the way that you behave on social media and, or if you're not a you know big social media person on the outside, we're animals still. So we peacock when we are trying to find something that we want to impress and want to pursue. So if 
I'm doing certain things like right now I'm single. I, I'll post thirst traps on social media. And that doesn't mean that I won't ever post a photo I feel attractive or, you know, kind of like, ooh, in. But I'm a lot less frequently doing that when I'm with someone because a lot of times I'm getting that engagement in, in terms of my, um, you know, sexual fulfillment, my mental stimulation, all these things that you experience when you have someone closer to you. And when you're single, it's like, fuck it. Like maybe it's, maybe this will, this will bring something cool my way. So I, I, going back to the original point of, I feel like with the right person, you won't have to actually instruct them. But as humans, we are imperfect beings, which means that we do not come pre-fucking packaged. I cannot express this enough, okay? And just because we fall in love with someone does not mean all of our traumas go away. Look at my relationship, case in point, where it was really destroyed um, because of this one action. Now, I think that there are certain things that can lead up to these. And I know for me and my, and my personal story that I, I was really lost at where I was. I was young and I, I really didn't know what I was feeling and what I wanted. I had a lot of ego and I had a lot of fear and I had a lot of pride and I just, I had, I valued the wrong things in life. So some of my behavior, I think pushed that insecurity out of my partner and he behaved the way he did. But ultimately I think that, you know, at his core, he made some sneaky and kind of shitty decisions and, for me, when you break the trust, it's pretty much broken forever. There's there's really no way to get back from that. And I'd like to say that's personal to me. I have some people in my life who I'm just fucking amazed by. The way that they've been able to overcome behaviors and um, actions that they've seen from their partners that have been really hurtful and just straight up, you know, betrayal and have used you know, understanding for that person's own, you know, issues, insecurities, faults, um, traumas, whatever you want to call it, and worked with them through it and seen the lighter side of them and been able to go, hey, okay, this was wrong, but I see more in you. I think that's fantastic. And I, I, I think that says a lot more about someone than anything else. It just, there are those of us who are not really built that way. And regardless of the buzzword, you know, micro-cheating, I think, I think it's important that we define what those things look like when we first start dating somebody and we first start getting involved with somebody because in a previous relationship, you could be getting involved with someone who it's like, oh yeah, like, you know, my ex didn't care. I, I subscribed to different OnlyFans accounts. I, you know, had girls that I've dated that I still talk to, you know, whatever, right? I'm talking from perspective of maybe a guy that I, actually a guy I have dated who, who shared this stuff with me. And that might be okay with one partner and then another partner's like yo no porn you know none of this like exes in your life you know everybody has different boundaries there for me again just going back to my own kind of personal life I am pretty much close friends but all but with all of maybe two of my exes and for me, when I lose romantic feelings, it's forever. I mentioned this in the last episode. It is gone. There is no way it is coming back. In my 31 years of life, I have had one person ever that I lost feelings for and then they ended up coming back, which is the person I started this story about, the micro-cheating, the long-term ex, okay? So everyone else is like, they're my homies. I mean, one of, one of my ex-girlfriends is literally one of my closest friends. Like, we tell each other everything she comes to any events I have, 
we spend time constantly whenever we're able if she's not traveling um, or if I'm not super busy with work and that just like that's a non-negotiable for me she is someone that is very important to me and in my life right and then I have other exes that I'm just cool with one of my exes tattoos me sometimes and I love him he's great like he's such a good person and for me it would be a deal breaker if someone were to be like you can't talk to your exes because I'm like okay well then uh, (laughs) that's like a big chunk of my life like these people were a part of my life and for me I'm really big on valuing a person past the romantic value Uh, but I also understand and respect those folks who are not comfortable with that I do think some of the stuff goes to a greater foundation so picking on myself right now I feel like part of my fear and trepidation that I have with the social media stuff is because that is a wound for me. That is a fucking wound for me. And it's something that I have to continue to deal with. I cannot, you know, take that fear and pain out on someone new because of what people in the past have done for like to me and how it's affected my life and what I have performed from that pain. But it's also difficult when your point keeps getting proven over and over again, right? Like that narrative, it's like, yeah, this is why I don't like this. This is why I don't fuck with this because look, another person did it to me. And I know I talk a lot about social media and I I do that because it's so prevalent in our society. And when I hear about most of the relationship problems around me, it ties back to social media. And we can go into in-person examples too. So I know, for instance, that if the person I'm seeing or the person I'm in a relationship with is, you know, flirting with people in person, even if it's innocent, right? Like for some people that's considered micro cheating, right? Or if, you know, you have um, certain behaviors that you display when your partner's not around that you would be ashamed to display in front of your partner and or it would cause a ripple in your relationship. Like, is that micro cheating? It could be, right? Now, I, I believe we all are entitled to our own privacy. I'm a firm believer of not going through someone's phone, um, not having, you know, that invasion there because it's like, I don't want anybody seeing my group text with my best friends. I, I will go to the pits of hell to stop that from ever happening. Uh, so I get, you know, you want to have those boundaries there, but also we should never put our partners in a position to where they feel like they need to do that. And if you're giving them reasonable cause to start wondering about those things, some would argue, hey, the relationship's already over. Like this happened. It is what it is. And others would say, I need to get to the bottom of this. I need to actually figure out what's going on here. And you have two approaches there. Either you're going to be hurt and you're gonna work through it or you're gonna punish them the entire relationship. And I feel like, you know, when I was sharing my story of my long-term relationship with, like I said, the person that I felt was my my person, I reacted because of my previous trauma with cheating as a child uh, with just being punitive towards him. Like everything that I did, it's like, well, you did this to me and that can happen and, and good people can do that. There's this whole like narrative of like toxic people, so to speak. And I wish more folks would just come out and be like, oh, dude, I was like shitty back then. Or like I would totally get canceled for that now in retrospect. Right. I wish more people were open about the things that they've done wrong or um, have shame around when we have these conversations because I think it would normalize a lot of people's internal guilt that they have, but also I think it would help us collectively have conversations to realize 
how we can be better and how we can get past these kind of things that we do that either are, you know, self-detrimental or um, hurtful to our relationships or even more so a blocker of us actually finding love. Sometimes I think about I'm coming to you as a single person, like why, why has it been so long since I've really been in, in a relationship? And I constantly assess the things that I've done wrong previously and anything, including micro cheating, right? Is there anything I've done? I have always proudly touted that I've never cheated on a partner, but have I done things that were sus before? Like, and am I being real with myself? And would I do those things again? Um, I believe it's an important conversation to have. And the more integrity you can gain back in your life process, the better person you are going to be because integrity is like the number one foundation, right? When you meet someone with integrity, you're like, this person's unmatched. And why would we not all want to carry that within our own personal lives? So while you're thinking about your list of not okay and okays for your partner, which again, do not feel bad, the lists will be completely different within your friend group. You will have one girlfriend that may be like, absolutely not. And one pal that'll be like, dude, it's not a big deal, right? Like it's going to differ between people's backgrounds, their beliefs, their value systems, their attachment styles, which is a whole other thing. Um, I'd love to get more into attachment styles on another episode, but I'd highly recommend you take the attachment style quiz if you have not. I'm really big on trying different quizzes to learn about somebody's emotional and or um, mental aptitude and or expressions. So I don't think anything is definitive, but I do believe that when you collect different types of data that are analyzing, you know, nature versus nurture, it's pretty great to see how that actually applies to a person that you care about. So I would recommend you do that. I know I talked about the love languages in our last episode. This one I would say is actually much more crucial. Now I told you all I had to keep it short tonight. I got to head out of here in a few minutes, but I'm not gonna do that without a story time. Come on. This is, this is what the people want. It's what you wait for through these episodes. And so this is the story of the man who cried in the rain. Some years back, I was dating probably one of the most unhinged people I've ever met. Uh, This person had a lot of strife in his personal life with friends, family. Uh, He had a really strong personality. And I would actually argue that this person is the reason why I go for much more of the silent type. I don't tend to like uh, men specifically with very big personalities because a lot of the times that goes right into theatrics, which I've talked to you all about. Those are a big no for me. And this story is really the thing that set this off. Now, Like I mentioned, this was some time ago, but while I was dating this person, I I really felt connected to them because we were both writers. And as a writer, it's really great for someone to truly see your work and actually be able to, in a depthful and honest and attentive matter, be able to speak to you regarding that. And that was early on in my writing, so I hadn't really shown it to anyone. And it was great to talk to another person who also enjoyed writing. And I did like some of his writing. I mean, still to this day, I'd say a lot of it was pretty good. But he was going through that phase of his life where he was really trying to do the whole Bukowski thing, and it just was not working for him. 
So much so that one evening he had way too much to drink. I'm, I'm thinking it was cheap whiskey and beer, I believe. Maybe even some Carlo Rossi. Shit, I don't know. Bad combination. And he started getting a little too emotional for my taste. I was kind of overwhelmed by everything that he was stating and saying. And he was just being tearful and really close to my face. And I was not on that level. I was had a couple drinks, but I was like, dude, not right now. I'm just trying to hang out with my pals, man. You know, I was quite a bit younger. So I think I was maybe not even 21 yet. It might have been 20. And I just, I wasn't there. So he continued to kind of push the the subjects that he wanted to talk about. And I'm like, dude, I, I don't want to talk about trauma and like bullshit tonight. Like I just want to enjoy time with my friends. Like, you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't there. And at one point he had kind of scared me off so much that I actually ended up talking to one of my guy friends on the phone. And I was like, yeah, I don't really know about this. I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't think I'm going to continue this. This guy's way too much. So he walked out while I was having that conversation. Again, it's in the mind of the young live, uh, interesting place to say the least. And when he walked out during that conversation, that just made him implode even more. So he grabs my phone and he's like, what's going on? Like, why don't you love me anymore? And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm like, listen, it's just a lot. This is a lot tonight, okay? Like, I'm just trying to, hey, hey, hey. I'm trying to like Tony Danza this shit. I'm like, let's just have a good time. Let's just, hey, hey. So he continues to just push and push and push. And I'm like, you know what? I think I need to go home. And at this time, I was at a friend's house that was pretty close to where I lived. So it was like a few mile walk. And because I drank, I knew I wasn't going to drive. I didn't want to disrupt everyone that was there. So I'm like, I'm just going to try and go. And as I'm trying to walk, it starts raining. So I'm like, fuck, man. You know, like, this is not ideal. Trying to get away from him. And he's like, Olivia! Screaming my name in the middle of the neighborhood. And I'm looking at him. And the rain is falling down his face. And I'm like, this is the most... I talked to you guys about my ex, man. It was, it was giving, I think I'm Noah from The Notebook. And that's not at all what he was or what that moment was. And he's like, Olivia! screaming my name okay and I'm like dude okay I can't do this this is this is too much uh I think we're we're just not we're not a right fit for each other so I'm just trying to break up with him okay and I'm like please just let me go home I'm okay I'm safe I'm fine I'm not angry at you I'm just gonna go home I'm really tired and you know we can chat tomorrow and he's like Olivia wait and like grabs my arm and like flicks me around and I'm like okay like he had already done some sus things that evening just because he's, this dude's just like black out and unhinged and he yells while the rain is dripping down his face looking me in the eyes he says to me give me one reason not to taste you and in that moment I ran in that moment, I said, oh, fuck no. This is, this is the, this is the greatest, this is the invention of the ick. I was so grossed out and had such bad secondhand embarrassment and was like, bro, whatever theater you're living in, your blackout theater right now, I don't want anything to fucking do with it. So I start running, <laughs> okay, to try and get away from him. He crumbles to the ground. We'd have been dating for like two weeks, mind you. And I ended up actually getting picked up by a cop. The cop was like, why are you running in the rain? I was like, I'm so sorry. I just didn't want to drive. And he's like, well, I'll give you a ride home. It, I thought I was going to get arrested. I was so scared. Never been arrested. Got in the back of the cop car. Was really thankful that I didn't get arrested. I, I guess for whatever reason, I thought it was illegal to be walking out 
at night in the rain, whatever. Okay. Uh, and so the next day I was ready to block this dude. Right. And since he was a writer, we both used this social media platform early, early on where you could share your writing. And he basically wrote this, <laughs> the most melodramatic piece I think I've ever written. I've seen somebody write and, 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 that's been produced in writing and maybe my greater life. And I was like, oh, no, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like there was symbolism in terms of like a tattered old <laughs> piece of clothing and him and like, OK, listen, like dude was going through. It. I get it. But like, don't put that on your young ass girlfriend who like is just trying to like drink four loco with you and like make out like that's this not what we're doing here. OK. Needless to say, I ended the relationship. And now, any time that my sisters or my best friends have the chance, they will scream either Olivia, like the way I did, or they'll say, give me one reason not to taste you. Um, and both things make me sick to my stomach. So yes, I think I'll stick with the quiet, mysterious type. I hope you all enjoyed that terrible story. Wish me luck tonight. Love you all. This is Tears of a Clown. My name's Liv.